0: There was blood on the sand
1: Ariel needs constant supervision Constant And someone to watch over
2: To keep her out of trouble All the time And you are just the crab to do it We're
1: going to bring ghosts from all over the world
2: But we haven't got the
1: ghosts in there yet We're out collecting
0: the gold. Be careful, me fine friends. The gods have been angered by all the celebrating. But me bucko's, every cloud has a silver lining. WDW Radio, your information
2: station. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 330 for the week of July 21st, 2013. I'm here to help you have the best possible Disney vacation experience and bring you a little bit of Disney magic wherever you are with this podcast, as well as my new Disney in a Minute videos, blog, live broadcasts, events, my Walt Disney World trivia books, CDs, and more. You can find them all over at www.radio.com. This week's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com where you can get a free audiobook download by visiting audibletrial.com slash WDWRadio. I'm currently listening to How to Be Like Walt, Capturing the Disney Magic Every Day of Your Life by Pat Carroll. So if you want, you can follow along with me. We can discuss and review on the Radio blog. Again, you can sign up for free by visiting audibletrial.com slash WDWRadio. So this week, we're going to return to Disney's Hollywood Studios for part two of our DSI Disney Scene Investigation of The Great Movie Ride. We'll continue our journey through the movies, scene by scene, taking a virtual tour of the attraction and discuss the details, secrets, and stories. We're then going to look at how the attraction may change and what the future may hold and share our opinions as well. I'll then ask you to play Imagineer, share your ideas about updates and changes you would like to see. I'll then have the answer to our last Walt Disney World trivia question of the week and pose a new challenge for your chance to win a Disney prize package. Then stay tuned as I'll have some announcements including information about ticket sales for upcoming e-ticket event inside the Great Movie Ride. Then I'll play more of your voicemails at the end of the show. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. On last week's show, we took you on the beginning of our adventure into the movies and The Great Movie Ride with my friend, author, historian, storyteller, Jim Corcus, And I'm so excited to have Jim back again this week as we're gonna continue our DSI Disney scene investigation of The Great Movie Ride. We've talked about the history and the concept and the building and the queue and some of those early scenes we wanna pick up this week right where we left off first I want to welcome you back from the underworld Jim Corcus <laughs> I've, I've been stuck on this tram <laughs> for a week for, for crying out loud you know
0: thank thank heavens you know I I, I carry uh, you know peanut butter and crackers in my pocket okay so wait
2: so here's a question for you if the ride was to go 101 right if mm-hmm. the ride was to go down and you were to be stuck in one scene for an hour not that it <laughs> ever happens what scene would you pick i I want the
0: finale film montage
2: okay so even though they could walk
0: me out from there i would love seeing those film clips over and over i do not want to be stuck in munchkin land (laughs) hearing the munchkin (laughs) thing over and over and i definitely don't want them to turn off the munchkin soundtrack so i see these little people you know turning around and looking and and you know, sometimes cast members come in there and, and stick a cigarette or something in, in the Munchkin's <laughs> mouth. Right? You know, my luck that that would uh, be it. I don't want to be stuck in the alien scene either. You know, and have this thing popping out all the time. You know,
2: I think that there's <laughs> a lot of stuff to look at in the underworld or the western scene. But yeah. I, I might, I might take the, the Indiana Jones or the, or the Lost Temple.
0: Oh, I'm I, I'm a huge fan of the Indiana of Indiana Jones. You know, just period. And uh, that scene is wonderfully uh, detailed and, and uh, probably a lot of your listeners don't realize that at the top of the stairs, that if you go right behind the idol, that's where the uh, hallway is that takes you to the cast break room.
2: I know not of what you speak. You're, 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 you're destroying my, <laughs> my, my view of it. But wait, let's go back. You're jumping ahead. You're jumping yeah, yeah, ahead.
0: Oh, yeah, we're, we're we're back, and 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 we've got the gangsters, and and the gangster has uh, shot out the red light, and and so... we've moved to the
2: old west, right? And mm-hmm. and so let's let's just briefly talk about the westerns, right? The I'm sure you're a very young man, but... You Lone know, Ranger? You want to bring up Lone, Lone Ranger well, now? You well, know, let's sort of go back, right? Because at one point, the Western was the, such a popular genre, right? It helped lead to the creation of Frontierland. Everything was a Western, right? hmm Now... What's the Western? We have the Lone Ranger. I don't think Cowboys versus Aliens is representative of the Western genre. <laughs> I don't. I don't think
0: you can quite count I, that. Right. So. Although uh, that combines Frontierland and Tomorrowland, I don't think that's what Walt had in mind.
2: Yeah. And and listen, I, I love uh, the Fresh Prince and and but Wild Wild West might not have also been the. Uh, I don't think John the, Wayne is the, would have the, been
0: the epitome pretty. of the genre. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but in the Western, we've got the two iconic western actors John Wayne some people don't know who he is and Clint Eastwood
0: and and of course Clint Eastwood was not the original choice the original choice was they were going to have um, and they had already started building this they were going to have Lee Marvin from Cat Ballou, and and those, and I love Cat Ballou, and I uh, I, I think it's a very uh, uh, funny film it's lightweight but not everything has to be an epic But there's a very famous uh, scene, and it was used on the poster, where um, Lee Marvin, who's this drunk gunfighter, is on his horse, who seems to be equally drunk, and they're leaning up against the building. Very funny. Very funny in the film. Very funny on on the poster. It really is iconic of the um, film. It says an awful lot about the the character uh, as well, Lee Marvin's family would not approve. They said that this was denigrating to Lee Marvin and his image. Hmm. So, got to stop that. What are we going to do? Michael Eisner steps in. And, and Michael, we tend to forget that Michael Eisner in those early years did an awful lot of really good things. It, it was only towards the end of his run that he started to believe his own publicity and became, you know, toxic because he didn't have the balance of Frank Wells. But in the beginning, I- Eisner did did some fun stuff, and he says, "Well, I know Clint Eastwood. Let's build a Clint Eastwood audio animatronic." And and they looked at it and and they they said, "Well, but we've got to get his permission and sign off." He says, "No, no, no. I know him. Just just go build it. Just go build it." And so they built this, and they're thinking, "Well, what are we going to do?" And and uh, you know, it, 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 Eastwood certainly iconic for the Italian westerns, so they put him, you know, in, in, in the same type of costuming. But they have to keep putting a bag over his head because they don't have the rights to use Clint Eastwood. And so Eisner comes to the park one day with, uh, you know, as, as this attraction is being built, and he has Clint Eastwood. And whether he had taken him out for some alcohol, which is the typical <laughs> imagining way, I don't know. Put him in the, the tram, and as they start to go through, right before they hit that western section, they pull the bag off the head. And they go through, and Eastwood looks up and sees his image and goes, oh. And then goes, all right. So he, Eisner took a huge risk. Eastwood signs off, but there's a difference in the Eastwood scene in 1989 than in the scene that you see today. And do you know what that is?
2: A difference in the scene. So you don't. I, I'm assuming you don't mean minor things like the playing cards. Or, I do or, mean the playing oh, cards.
0: Okay. See, I'm there. <laughs> because when the scene originally appeared, the playing cards had numbers on them, just like they do today. But in the old west. You just had, had the suit. suit. right? You didn't have the numbers, so that got uh, that got changed. So Clint Eastwood, uh, you know, uh, last minute uh, uh, change, and it was just that, just that full well, that didn't even occur to Eastwood to go, wait a minute, that's intellectual property, and that looks like me. It was like, oh, I'm going to be in a Disney ride.
2: Now I think they missed a great opportunity here. Mm-hmm. I think they missed a great opportunity for a film that. They could have put in both actors, they could have been the, the, the two main character actors. They could and the film would have transcended not just the Western, but the comedy as well. I have two words for you, Jim Corcus. blazing saddles. Really? <laughs> okay, maybe it's I not thought the you were say <laughs> Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. All right, maybe it is not the most appropriate film for the thing, but, you know, for a lot of people, that, is their, that was their introduction to, to the Western, and I'm a huge Mel Brooks fan. Cleavon Little and Gene Wilder, a laugh riot, I tell you.
0: There you go. Well, you And, you know, they, they had talked with Mel Brooks about doing Tower, Tower of Terror Tower. there. So anything, you know.
2: Anything that happened in the movie. And, and what,
0: what's interesting to me is I just saw a documentary on Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks. Wrote all of Black Bart's lines, but they had Richard Pryor as a writer. But Pryor only wrote Mongo's lines. <laughs> Mongo just pawn, you know. But um, you know that, that could, or although, if you bring in comedy, are you mixing the genres hmm. now? Are you mixing the genre?
2: Do you well, know, it's interesting. Do that... you
0: want? Do you want to keep it? Uh, keep it pure. To that, you know, and and of course there's nothing purer than uh, John Wayne across the way there. And one of the things that cast members will tell you, you'll see it on the Internet, is that belt buckle that Wayne is wearing is an authentic John Wayne belt buckle. Yes and no. Yes, when the attraction opened, that was an authentic John Wayne belt buckle. It was donated by Wayne's family. A cast member eventually purloined it,
2: borrowed it. So borrowed that
0: it. It, that is a replica there, and uh, however, there he does wear something that is authentic. If you take a look on his um, right wrist, um, there there is a band, and that is uh, authentic, and that has not been. Uh, stolen because people probably didn't realize it is authentic. And now that w- they know, that'll be disappeared by the next time you go through there. And that is not Wayne's voice um, in there. That is a um, sound alike approved by the family and who did John Wayne imitations while John Wayne was alive. And so John Wayne said, Yeah, that's the guy to do that. And it is another actor, it is Doug McClure. And he is doing the voice of John Wayne. There you go. Isn't it fascinating listening to WDW radio and you hear these things?
2: I did not know the name of McClure.
0: Yes. Well, some people claim it's Chad Everett. But um, since, since it was somebody who was doing the imitation, and Doug McClure was in a lot of Westerns, you know, and so palled around with with, with Wayne and, and all that. And, and McClure was on a, a popular um, Western TV series in the '60s, and the name escapes me now.
2: I first thought uh, you said Troy McClure, you know, from The Simpsons. I'm Troy McClure. You may have heard me at such attractions <laughs> as the Great Movie Ride.
0: <laughs> you know, but by golly, John Wayne! What, what a what a you know what, what an iconic uh, person! You know, and, and we were talking about all those um, um, uh, buildings in um, in in the gangster scene you know in, in in this scene you have um uh the Madison and Company uh, general supplies that's from high noon that that's where uh, um oh uh, Gary Cooper takes his first mm-hmm. shot at the bad guy and then uh, there's Todd's uh, livery stable and that's also from high noon and that's that's where uh Lloyd Bridges and Gary Cooper had a had a little fight. And then See, I got, never
2: knew I knew ransom Stoddard. I never knew uh, about that one. I never knew I the... know this
0: is why you have me on the show. <laughs> I, I'm not there just as I candy. You're not just there for I your good not looks. Just there as I candy. And <laughs> and I am wearing uh, I don't have a WDW radio t-shirt, but I am wearing the W D W polo and 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 fortunately, you got me the Peter Ustinov size. so <laughs> so 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 it fits well because I, I haven't gone on the Lou uh Monangelo uh, diet yet to to become a uh, matinee idol. But yeah, okay, so here, here's another one for you. You know, the miners in uh, uh, Cattleman bank, that's that's where the robber comes out, and you know, you have the flames come out and all of that. right? That is from the movie Stagecoach. John Wayne's Stagecoach. That is the bank that the bad guy has embezzled the money from who's on the stagecoach. So that's a really interesting little, you know, uh, uh twisted, uh, uh, reference there. And, and on the right, you see wanted posters for Butch Cassidy and Johnny Ringo and, uh, the younger brothers, uh, um, Cole and Bob, and I forget the the third one they, they, uh, used to ride with, uh, Jesse James, the James Younger uh, gang out there. You see, there's all these wonderful little bits. And, and one of the things that I told you before the show is if you take a look there in front of the uh, miners and cattlemen bank, you know, you have the hitching post, and then on the ground uh, you have this uh, uh, clear uh, laminate, although, although, you know, it, 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 in the lights and all, it, it seems to have this uh, sort of golden... Uh, type uh, uh, tinge, and and that was placed there uh, specifically by Imagineers, and Imagineers have to come up with things that, you know, don't exist anywhere else, and they also have to come up with names uh, for it, you know, like uh, audio-animatronics, of course, you know, and and so that clear plastic laminate, when you are with your friends and family, you're on the tramp, you look over and you see the hitching post, you see that clear plastic laminate, and it, it sort of has that golden tone. The official name in Imagineering is horse pee <laughs> and and of course it would not look authentic if you did not have horse pee I think you, you just like I think you just like horse pee
2: <laughs> You've just been looking for an opportunity to say the words horse pee on the show that's all
0: <laughs> uh, no I, 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 I go on record right now that that the Disney Company is the master of <clears throat> horse pee that no one can do horse pee. The way the Disney Company can. All right,
2: you've done. You've hit your quota. You hit your limit on the number of times you can say it. I will tell you, Jim Corcus, that uh, I remember as a hey, kid. Hey, if this was
0: South Park, I just be it'd be the first. Or Book of Mormon,
2: this would just be the first five minutes. Okay, uh, so. Uh, I remember what I remember about this attraction going as a kid, other than the alien scene, because it scares you and you love it anyway. Yeah. Um, was. Being in the the Western scene and the the explosion and the flames, right? I, it made me think. It makes me think back of being on the Liberty Square riverboat when the, when the cabin used to be on fire. We used to love seeing real fire in the attractions. I I still love that about this.
0: And you know, I I, I think because it's so dramatic, and you can literally feel the heat. You know, so oh my gosh, this is real. But it, but again, there's a there's a safety on those doors too, by the way. So so no cast member would ever get trapped in there, and, and that heat would go off uh, uh, accidentally. So there there's safety factors just like on the uh, infernal b- barge uh, uh, at Epcot. But you were talking about uh, Ransom Stoddard. You better you better explain for. For some of those youngins out there, the, what it is you're talking about?
2: So, uh, a ransom Stoddard, The sign says uh, "Ransom, ransom Stoddard, Stoddard Attorney" or "Attorney Ransom Stoddard," and that uh, was yeah, uh,
0: attorney. Yeah, Go right. Ahead. So
2: it was from the man who shot Liberty Valance with John Wayne yeah. and, and Jimmy Stewart. And Jimmy Stewart yeah. was Ransom uh, Stoddard. Uh, and
0: uh, again, that's that's the famous movie where the line is, um, "When the legend becomes fact, print the legend." Which the whole story being, there are facts. But then there are stories that people tell, and then as they tell those stories, those seem to become more real than the facts. So, you know, that's the legend. You go with the legend. People don't want to know uh, what the uh, truth is. And, and you know that sheriff up on the balcony who's shooting and firing? That's Thomas Jefferson. So, you know, you, you're constantly reusing audio animatronics, uh, uh, for this to to happen, and and so yes, uh, and now you have the bank robber, you know, coming out of the bank, and um, it's a girl, you know, just like Calamity Jane, you know, uh, it, 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 it's it's a girl. It's uh, you said Kate Durango there, so, uh, but then in uh, 2000, uh, you have uh, uh, men playing a, a cowboy, and I think it's Kid Carson. Kid
2: Carson, right? Yeah, right.
0: Kid Carson uh, doing that, and this is the B story. So, uh, when, when they need to ri- run more trams, you've got an A story, you've got a B story, but by gosh, the, the tram is stopping for all of this, you know, uh, interactive theater that's going to slow down the trams behind you. But by having two rooms right next to each other, by golly, you can have one going on there and then one. And so the trams just keep on moving. They just keep on moving. Now, now, you know, some of the, um, uh, uh the horse stuff in there i wish i i wish i knew uh you know ropes and saddles and some of that uh some of that comes from um uh, out in out in california the golden oak ranch and uh, uh the disneyland uh, stables out there some of that so a little piece of california is out here in uh, in florida
2: one of many places one of many places. So, all
0: right. Okay. So, I, so, so, so do you want to ask your audience what they would put in a Western scene or, or are Westerns even relevant now? Should, right. So should, does should, it, should the Western scene be removed and what is an iconic uh, movie genre uh, today? Is, is it a blockbuster well, like with, with Transformers and, and G.I. Joe and, action, and, and uh, things like
2: that? Well, there's, or, no, or, there's no action movie and there's no comedy. There's no com- I mean no there isn't is there There's no, no comedy. You know, you can you could maybe say all right, Indiana Jones is the as the action adventure blockbuster movie, but there's no comedy. Right? So, so let's so say what,
0: you- what 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 co- what comedies would you showcase? Hangover? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I am glad I can always make you laugh. I I I want I want to uh, have that on my my headstone. He yeah, make so people smile make people, people feel better. Uh, what what comedy would you showcase in there?
2: Right, so question one, does the Western stay or does it go out? Is it no longer relevant mm-hmm. or does it be replaced? Or is it so iconic that it stays where it is? It's always going to be John Wayne. It's always going to be Clint Eastwood, and that's it, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say you insert the comedy. What do you put in there? What I, I, I don't know you know what is well, what is the... it,
0: it, it, i i think you can't even go back to the classic comedies i don't think people know wc fields these days or, no, no, uh they they might vaguely know a charlie chaplin but even laurel and hardy they they don't know uh, bob hope and bing crosby from the road pictures i i don't think would register with uh uh today's generation although uh, the folks our age would go oh yeah i love that stuff that was uh, that was so funny um you know, and there's certainly an awful lot of comedies or at least movies pretending to be comedies mm-hmm. out there now. You know, do you put in a Woody Allen comedy? And and is it his earlier funnier films, you know? Um I don't and know.
2: And how, right. Do you put in comedies that Adam most kids, Sandler?
0: I don't want Adam Sandler no, well, in the great movie. Right. right. I'm, I'm going on record right now. This is no complaint about him as a person or or even as an actor. But I, I don't think Adam Sandler should be in the great movie. Right. And,
2: and so many comedies, Jim, are ones that are or should not be accessible to young kids right? Because they're R-rated. So Mm -hmm. you take out Airplane, you take out Blazing Saddles, you take out, you know, maybe I'm trying to think something more modern, uh, Anchorman, whatever it is. Uh, A lot of things you almost couldn't put in there. Um, You know, what is... Maybe that's part of the problem. What's the iconic comedy? And it's
0: not just the film, but is there an iconic scene, you know, that you can look at over and over and over again, or, or that just resonates, you know, um, uh, you know, with that, Oh my gosh, yes. And that brings back this memory and that memory and all of those others.
2: Right. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know that there is that one film that you say, this is it. This is, But you, you know. know,
0: who does know the listeners, the listeners to WDW know. radio. And right now they're probably even Twittering.
2: They're going, you my know? God, Mangello, how do you not mention, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I don't even know. Dumb and Dumber.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Animal House. I I think you and I should go into the park sometime and get our picture taken with Tweedledum and Tweedledee. (laughs) And, you know, try to have your listeners guess which is which. Yeah, but maybe that's
2: part of the problem is picking the. And and listen, if people are listening and they've got the one that they know should be or those films that should be iconic comedies, uh, let us know. How would you represent the comedy genre? Email me, tweet me, Facebook, uh, come by and, and comment, and over the show notes over at www.radio.com. I'd be very, very curious to hear. But I want to get into one of my favorite genres. And that's not a line from the film. Mm-hmm. I love. I'm a sci-fi guy, right? I'm a total nerd. I'm a total geek. I love being scared. I love Alien. I, again, mm-hmm. like Godfather, Alien one better than the third, but and everything that followed. But that's why. It's an and, iconic and, and scene. And you know,
0: Stitch's Great Escape was originally supposed to be oh, stop it. on aliens. Oh, no, yeah. I thought you
2: were going to say it was supposed to be in the great movie. <laughs> yeah, it was supposed to right, So, And when they couldn't get the rights, they just said, well, we'll just make our own alien, which, right. you know, that's the way to do it. Um,
0: okay, so, so we're into Alien, which, again, we're, we're dealing with 20th Century Fox. So we're, we're hitting a, every studio except Universal. Okay. So, so we're in, into 20th Century Fox. What do you like about this scene?
2: Well, and we're into 20th Century Fox. We're also into a film that it, it doesn't seem old to me, Jim. But it is 1979, right?
0: I'd still date Sigourney Weaver. I'd still if she if she knocked at my door, I'd say, okay, let let let's go out for that value
2: meal. You know now, look, the people say, okay, well, is Alien still the film that you put into the science fictioning? You know, Disney just had happened to make a little credit card purchase and bought Lucasfilm. You know,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Star Wars is the I, science I, fiction I, I, I think that's that's too obvious. And one of the things that I, I heard being discussed by people who know and who are, I don't know if I can say whether they're in the Disney company still or not, is if you enjoy Echo Park at um, uh, Disney Hollywood Studios, Go and take some pictures. If you love Gertie, go and take some pictures, because that footprint is going to become Moe's Isley. And that is going to start the Lucas land, Star Wars land. That's where the imprint is going to start. What's going to happen with Indiana Jones still up in the air? Whether that's that's going to go as well, too, because that's a huge plot of land that they could use there, whether they're going to make it all Lucas land or, or, or whatever there. But getting back to Alien, now that, now that we've stirred up people needlessly in there. Wait, I just have to say one more time. And thank heavens I don't Twitter, you know, so I don't have to hear from these.
2: Thank heavens here. we don't go off on tangents either, but we've talked about Star Wars land and what they can do, and I love the Backlot Express should be the cantina. I still think, Jim, that they need to take the dig site, if they do that, and take that little snack stand and call it Admiral Snack Bar. Mm. And the and the tagline is it's a snack. That sorry, I just...
0: <laughs> okay. Well, getting back to a- Alien, back you know, Alien. I, I I I don't know whether Star Wars would be uh, the good good call. Star Trek might. I've always loved Forbidden Planet. That's one of my favorite. Uh, I'd love to see an audio animatronic Anne Francis, but um, uh, you know, and there's so many uh, recent. Uh, you know, uh, science fiction films. There seems to be one coming out every week. But it, is there one that stands out? Is there one that has a moment? See, I think Alien has lots of moments. Whether mm-hmm. it's the, the the creature bursting out of the chest or whatever, there's so many in there. Or do you update Alien to include um, aliens too?
2: Well, do you are, are you trying to represent the history of the genre, right? Do you do you put in something like? The Day the Earth Stood Still, right? Do you put something in, like, Close Encounters, right? It, they are iconic for their time periods. hmm You know, at one point, The Matrix was so incredible, cutting-edge sci-fi film, Space Odyssey, you know, depending on how you want to identify what you consider to be the greatest science fiction film or representative of the genre. Right. I, you know, I don't know. Do, do you See, need- I, I, I,
0: again, you've got to realize, too, that this is a huge financial commitment. Right. So do you put that in? You know, I I I remember people saying, "Oh, why did they put Ellen DeGeneres in in, you know, uh, uh universe of energy?" You know, she she's going to be dead in 6 months in terms of popularity and familiarity and you know, I I'm I'm just going to avoid this uh, attraction as well too. And then there was a rebirth of Ellen DeGeneres. So mm-hmm. it's like, "Oh, it's smart that she's in that <laughs> attraction now."
2: Yeah. So I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, again, I, I love the genre. I think there's plenty of films you could put in there, but how do you represent it? You know, and does alien need to, to come out? I, I don't know. I don't know.
0: I don't know. Well, you know, they have those two aliens. They have the one from the ceiling and they have the one from the right hand side. And, and, uh, supposedly, supposedly in a perfect world, depending where you're sitting in the tram, one will pop out, but the other won't. Um, so people in the front of the tram may get a, a different experience than people at the back of the tram, but that that's not always the case nowadays.
2: Oh, I well, remember being on it, and that, and I've seen that continually scare people when that alien comes out of the ceiling and you don't know it's coming.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and the wonderful thing in here too is we're talking about engineers doing uh, jokes. Of course, they they refer to Sigourney Weaver as being scared. Where you're not seeing more movement in the audio-animatronic. But uh, if you take a look over to the right-hand side of the the spacesuits, you'll see that they're using uh, uh, Coca-Cola bottle caps that they've painted silver. <laughs> you know, and, and as I said, a little further up on the left-hand side, you see a, a, a computer screen that's, you know, commenting on the attraction and commenting on the, the people who built the attraction. Um you know, so the, again, there's lots of fun stuff. There's a richness uh, in this, and and again, any of you who worked the great movie ride in in the in the first couple of years, and and you have some stories or you have some facts that we've missed, please share them. That, that that's that's how we learn. That's how we grow, and it's important to share all of that information out there before all of this gets lost. But you know, you can you can have your science fiction, Lou, because now we're going into. One of my favorite scenes. One of my favorite movies. This movie is so good that I have it on a whole bunch of different... I have it on VHS, and I have it on DVD, and I have it on Blu-ray. Even though I don't have a Blu-ray player, (laughs) I have it on Blu-ray. Just because there's extras on there, and I have the special edition, and, and I'll... On TV if I'm flicking through the channels and the movie is on, you have to even watch though it. there's commercials, I will you sit there and I'll watch this. Indiana Jones, yeah. Raiders of the Lost Ark. One, uh, I, I think one of the perfect films ever made.
2: Uh, listen, and it and that's you know, that, that's that's uh that's high praise calling it a perfect film, but it may be as close as you can get. I, I'm with you. I'm with you, Jim. I, I don't care that the movie is eighty one, I think it is one of those films you can watch over and over again. You still find bits of gold in there every time you watch it. I take Indiana Jones over Han Solo any day. Mm-hmm. In, in the debate, agreed.
0: And um, uh, and 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 what a wonderful representation in here too. Even though uh, Jones and Salas' position are, are of course reversed than what they are in the movie, and everybody of course is not looking at that. They're looking on the left hand side. Uh, Trying to find, you know, those hieroglyphs as uh, (laughs) Mickey Mouse as the pharaoh and and Donald Duck as the uh, uh, servant in front of him. And they're also trying, and this is the harder one to find, is they're looking for uh, C-3PO and R2-D2, which I'm sure you realize also appear on the wall in the actual movie. Right.
2: And it, it's and one of those things that once you know what's there, you're right. You forget about what you're supposed to be looking at and you're mm-hmm. looking away from the, from the direction.
0: Right. You know, but but, but I, I, I think this captures, you know, uh, the spirit of, of of the film. It, it capture There's so many great moments in the film. How do you pick one? And, and, and I think they I think they made a good choice, you know.
2: And I like what they do, how they bring it into the next scene. With, with the. I mean, it's a huge statue of Anubis and, again, making it the more live-action interactive with with the hijacking character going after the jewel. Mm-hmm. Is that, does now, does that you know, stay? And the,
0: and, the, and the most asked question by guests on that attraction are, are those skeletons real? No, they aren't. You know, yes, Disney could go out and buy them from a medical school or something like that. But no, those skeletons are not real.
2: Wait, they don't actually kill a cast member every time. Wait, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I actually, take a take a real They're close real look them. at the fabric on that skeleton, and it doesn't match the gangster, and it doesn't match right. the cow person, cow girl, cow boy, <laughs>
2: the cow person. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're if you're updating the attraction, does the Anubis lost temple scene stay?
0: Well, our, uh, what do you want to do? You you want to have Indiana Jones Jr. swinging on a vine with apes and <laughs> uh, you
1: know
0: tie it in with the Tarzan scene there? Or the, well, well, the oh, let me ask uh, this: Do you uh, maybe uh, crystal skulls gazing out at you?
2: Because uh, I think they're the, the're, they're sort of there there are horror movies and I'm putting, I'm doing air quotes as if you can see me. Those, the, the horror movie really sort of acts as almost a, a segue, a transitional element because they're they're not really, it still gives you the feeling that you're in Indiana Jones with, with right. the Egyptian mummies.
0: See, you see now you're getting into an interesting point here because when you're going into the mummies there, of course the people who did horror films was universal. Mm-hmm. So you can't say, Oh, by the way, we also built a movie park. Can we can we use Frankenstein? Can we use Dracula? You know, can we use the Wolfman? Can we use the creature from No, you can't do that. And notice the spiel. The spiel is very specific that there were mummy movies even as early as nineteen twenty. Mm-hmm. And they are very specific to say that so it's not like we're not trespassing on any universal <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> any universal copyright, but we did need to have a horror section so you know?
2: this is one of those things again. do you sort of just talk about the genre? do you try and sort of represent things that are more recent you know even,
0: well, well, it, and 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 how do you do that because there's that uh, torture porn that is out there you know well I think uh, more uh, hostile, I think hostile saw so, and people consider those horror movies and or do you go the, the uh, uh, other way, you know, to uh, uh, the quieter things of, there, there's a ghost. I have my, I have my video camera on, and, and that's moving all by
2: itself. Well, or do you go, you know, I think horror movie, that I think classic. Look, I don't consider Paranormal Activity a, a classic horror movie, right? I don't mm-hmm. consider Scream. I think Exorcist, Shining, Halloween. Uh, those are the even Nightmare on Elm Street, maybe you know.
0: If, if Exorcist was on that ride, I would never go on that ride ever again. <laughs> well, I'm in my not entire saying, life. that's not that, the, that's that's not the one. That movie scared me so much when I I, I, was, I was younger. I saw it in the Alex Theater in Glendale. I saw it at a uh, late night show. There were very few people in the audience. To save money on parking on the street, I parked in the back parking lot, and you're hearing this scraping along the side of the building. And I go out after the movie, and I'm going up this dark ramp, you know, up to my car. Exorcist is playing. I walk across to the other side of the street. That's it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but you can put something in there like, I, again, is it Halloween?
0: Exorcist 2? Right. Yeah, well, Exorcist no. is it, 2 is, is it, okay. There's is nothing it, next.
2: <laughs> Is it Halloween? Is it the Mummy? Is it Frankenstein? Look, I, I'm sorry, but Twilight is not the the iconic vampire movie.
0: You know. L- listen, I I I screamed in horror. People are making money from this. What 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 is that? These people aren't even acting. What is this? Um, and, and I and I apologize to all of you who are Twilight fans. And uh, you know, you have the right to like whatever it is you like. Uh, Twilight just didn't. Push my buttons, right? Yeah. So, so uh, can, uh, yeah. I mean, can w- you, you represent? What
2: do you do for horror? Right. I, I
0: I think horror is a and it's still a hugely important uh, genre. But as you said, who do you, who do you pick? Right. Do you and have, how do you do it without do, scaring have, people? Do you have uh, uh, Freddy battling Michael Myers? You know, <laughs> do
2: you, you know. Right. You can't, and you got to do it without scaring people. Yeah. You, know? yes. you, you got to do it without scaring people. So. Um, right.
0: But represent that. Er- well, right. well, again, see, and, and again, we're tossing it to the listeners. You solve all these problems that we're bringing up. OK, that, design your own great smarter. movie ride.
2: That's the challenge. <laughs> yeah. You redesign the great movie ride scene yes, by scene. Fine. Right. So mm-hmm. and so Tarzan. Start right? It's, again, you're going way back into the early 30s. Johnny well, Weissmuller...
0: Because, again, you could have had a, 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 a the Muppets great movie ride. We, right. You know, we've talked about that on earlier shows, that you know, so you're parodying, you know, maybe instead of doing a straight thing on, on movies, maybe you parody uh, uh, the movies. Uh, maybe you just concentrate on one genre instead of trying to spread yourself uh, uh, too thin, you know? Any, so, anything's possible, but... No bones about it. We're moving on into the next scene.
2: Right. So I'm almost sort of thinking of Tarzan and and Casablanca almost together. And I only mean that because what are they representing? Is Casablanca the the romance? Is Tarzan a continuation of the adventure film? Or are they – these are classics. These are classics from the 30s and 40s. And that's why they're represented here in the the great movie ride because they were at the time great movies.
0: And, and, you know, uh, uh, the story about, um, you know, you have Jane on the elephant, and, and uh, she was play- Jane, of course, was played by uh, Maureen O'Sullivan, who is the mother of Mia Farrow. And um, in the very first Tarzan movie, um, she is actually wearing the little leather bikini that she wore in that film, and the censors just hit the roof. So in the later Tarzan film, she she's covered almost entirely. But in in the first film, she has this little leather uh, uh, bikini and a partial nude scene in in the original MGM Tarzan, where she dives into the uh, the water. And uh, so it's all fuzzed up because of the water. But it's like, I think she's naked. I think I see something. But uh, she is magnificently sculpted. And she was sculpted out in California. And they're packing her up to ship her out to uh, Florida. But you don't put the clothes on, you know, um, because, you know, there's the temptation of getting damaged. You you put the clothes on when the, the audio animatronic is, is installed so that you know, you know, is there a bend there that we didn't expect or whatever. So you've got this naked Maureen Sullivan in clear plastic <laughs> on the loading dock at Imagineering. And um, some people were taken by surprise. And some people who, even after they were taken by surprise, came back later that afternoon. To take a look. But uh, uh, that figure's there. And Johnny Weissmiller, who many people consider, you know... Um, the uh, uh, Tarzan, you know, d- despite the many other uh, different uh, uh, interpretations there. But again, I wonder how many kids know Tarzan films.
2: Yeah, I, right, right. I mean, you sort of <laughs> know, know of Tarzan, kind of, I mean, but of... Well, ever you actually... well
0: they, they, they may have seen the animated Tarzan, but, but that's an entirely different story than, you know, the Johnny Weissmiller Tarzan, uh, you know.
2: I, I think... <laughs> You know, sort of quickly taking a look. That it, in it may fact, be one the of th- you know, th- 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 the least relevant films. You know, maybe one of the least relevant films, like of. Johnny
0: Weissmiller. And Johnny Weissmiller was an Olympic swinger, swimmer, and he's chunky. But the, <laughs> right. but the Tarzan, the Tarz, Tarzan in um, uh, the animated film is very slim. So 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 it's like old Lou and new Lou. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it really confuses people.
2: Well I, and I think th- this for me is is one of the one is probably the scene that I'm I'm least fond of uh, of all and I think mm-hmm. it, for, I, you could swap it out and I wouldn't I wouldn't shed very many tears um I don't know what you replace it with you know you now have a little bit of room to move I, I do like however the Casablanca scene because I think this is you you're sort of defining the great movie ride mm-hmm. Casablanca Bogart Bergman the You know, this belongs there.
0: You know, and they put the scrim in front of that screen, so if guests decide to take a picture, it looks like fog. That's why there's a scrim in front of that. There's no scrim in front of Tarzan swinging back and forth. There's the scrim in front of uh, of this. And in real life, of course, Humphrey Bogart was um, smaller than Ingrid Bergman. So there you get into the thing of well, we're going to put this actor in a box and we'll put the actress in this trench, you know, <laughs> so that they can look eye-to-eye. Eye. It happened with Alan Ladd as well, too.
2: It happened in Iron, Iron Man. Man. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. is my height. Uh, He's only five, six uh, and a half on a good day. What uh, how but you, like look so, so... you
0: look so much better than, than, than he does. I, 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 I understand Man. that they're negotiating <laughs> with you for Iron Man 4 there. But, you know, that Downey's out of the, the picture. And again, in this scene, Ingrid Bergman does not talk. Because the family would not um, approve of signing a waiver to let her say her lines from the film. So that's why she signed. However, her daughter, uh, Isabella Rossellini, often brings her children just to ride the great movie ride so they can see Grandma.
2: Listen, you know, if you can't really see Grandma, at least you can see her in audio-animatronic form. <laughs>
0: Well, I, I, I think when we all die, we need to have an audio animatronic. I, <laughs> I want an audio animatronic when I die. People come visit my gravesite. I want it to pop up.
2: I'm going to have you as how, Merlin. You're hi, how are
0: you? You still feeling those aches and pains?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have an interactive Jim Corcus uh, at your gravesite. So.
0: Yeah. So, and, and again, uh, you know, to, um, uh, to cancel um, uh, misconceptions, they say, "Oh, well, that—that's the actual plane from Casablanca." No, it's not. But it is an actual Lockheed plane that was that was owned by the the same movie studio that made Casablanca. And yes, the back half of the plane is, is where Lou. Yeah, Out the, in,
1: in the, the jungle, jungle
0: cruise. in the Jungle Cruise, starting in '94, you had the back, you know, and. Um, Jungle Cruise uh, uh folks will tell you you know that you got to be careful because uh you know hippos when they wiggle their ears they're ready to attack planes so ha- they cut it in half and did that in the movie Casablanca it was filmed on a stage set there was B roll that was at a uh uh, uh, uh an an airport in uh, in uh, California there but the actual scene of Humphrey Bogart saying goodbye they had a small model plane in the back, and they had midgets working on it.
2: We like to be called little people. It's like a
0: full-size plane because you only have a certain amount of distance, and so you're you're fooling around with that uh, uh, perspective. We
2: like to be called little people. So this is not the plane from
0: Casablanca, but it is a plane from the same time period and from the same movie studio that made Casablanca. There you go. Okay,
2: right. I, I want to move on um, because I want to talk about what is and, and what was and what almost was, and we talked mm-hmm. about this a little bit when we talked about uh, when we did the show about Disney and Oz uh, a mm-hmm. couple of months ago. When the
0: uh, oh, and I love that show. I love any show that I'm on,
2: but yes, I love that show. Yes, <laughs> I love you on WWE Radio. Um, I, I I am just so in awe when I hear myself speak. Well, because when you move from these grand, you know, you've got Anubis and you've got. Tarzan, and you've got Casablanca, and then you move into Fantasia, which is represented not in any audio-animatronic form, obviously, it's the only animated film in there, but it's a very small scene, and it's just and, and, sort of... And a
0: very, a very small screen with Mickey. Right,
2: right, because although, this is not... Although I,
0: point, I, although I point up to the ceiling, and I say, you know what that is on the ceiling? That's Mickey's biggest fan.
2: <laughs> oh, jeez.
0: You don't pay me for these shows. This is the only enjoyment I get. It, it, it's coming up with this stuff. Go ahead. Go, so, go, go see if you can get back on your notes I here. Can't, go ahead. I
2: can't get back on track. Well, because, look, this is not what was supposed to be here. right? We talked about this. Fantasia was not supposed to be here. This the, the grand finale was supposed to be much grander in terms of the use of The Wizard of Oz and what this room was supposed to represent. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you want to tell me? Uh, was... This room
2: is it's to <laughs> I was I, see. I was. We're, we're like. I, I'm. I'm on tenterhooks right <laughs> here. It's Like we're like Rowan and Martin. I was trying to. I was. I was handing you the softball. Yes, because this was going to be the Twister scene. That big fan was for the Twister that was going to bring us into Lula, uh, Munchkin Land uh, in the Wizard of Oz. And again, because Disney had to pay literally by the minute, which makes you know is almost unfathomable. But because they were paying by the minute, they had to cut it out, and they so they ended up putting Fantasia in instead.
0: Right, and uh, that, that's exactly. St- uh, true, that small screen where we see Mickey now, we would have seen a, a picket fence, we would have seen uh, a a cow fly by, by uh, uh, Miss Gulch and turning into the uh to the to the wicked witch. and this is something, and I strongly advise you not to 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 do this, but if the if the lights are on and a cast member is walking you through, you should take a look at this in this room at the beginning of the room. Uh, on the floor, there are different uh, stripes of uh, gold paint, yellow paint. So um, because this was going to be the beginning of the Yellow Brick Road, and oftentimes uh, Disney will, on the, the side of the building or something like that, put up paint just to see how is that paint going to look, how is that paint going to wear, whatever. Uh, I, I know somebody out there there was saying, Oh yes and 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 it and it's all twinkly and all no it's not it's flat paint i've stood on it it is flat paint and i don't know which color i would have picked for the yellow brick road but 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 that was there and um then you start to to move in and i wonder how many of you even take a look at the witch's death certificate mm-hmm. which is as you're looking at the uh, uh, ruby slippers, right up there to the right. You got the death certificate up there as well, too. There's, there's so many little elements of um, uh, detail and fun in, in all of these. So, so we're in in Munchkin land here, and so what would you like to say about it?
2: Well, I, and again, I don't want to sort of rehash what we talked about on the show, where we really sort of went in, into detail mm-hmm. with this. I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes, or just sort of do a search for for Oz, Great and Powerful on uh, on the website, but I think this is one, I mean, it's a, it's a great finale scene because it is so elaborate, right? There's so many mm-hmm. audio animatronics, you've got such recognizable... Oh,
0: but this was not the finale scene. Well. You know as well as anybody else, and we did not cover this on the Oz show, the finale is supposedly coming up because after we go through munchkinland and as i said sometimes cast members will stick like cigarettes in the munchkins uh <laughs> mouth. you're laughing how can you laugh never is, never never, never
2: i i know not and of which those
0: of you listeners out there take take some photos and post them on the site for crying out loud <laughs> um and and of course you know the most sophisticated um uh, audio animatronic at the time the a100 for uh for the witch there and, then, and another a100 is uh, hopper at mm-hmm. uh Uh, It's a a bug's life there. But anyway, and then you go to that little short scene and and you see them going off to Oz and you see the road curve up. And it actually curves up into an O and a Z if you take a look at one of the Emerald Domes there. And the voice is Liza Minnelli uh, because if you record somebody new, you just pay that person new and you give them that contract that says Disney owns the rights to this. Uh, voice for all eternity and all media <laughs> existing or yet to be created. Um, and you see that, and now you're going into the movie montage finale, but that's not what it was supposed to be, right, Lou?
2: And so I'll let you tell us what was supposed to be, because I think for a lot of people, and you even said it earlier, that's our favorite part. Right, We yeah. love the movie montage, but it was not originally supposed to be like that.
0: Well, and, and again, it was expensive to do, too, because you want to have Sean Connery up there as Bond, James Bond. You know, but that's owned by United Artists. And so, again, you're paying by the minute, you know, for that. So you cut, 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 cut. And and, and the montage has been changed, you know, several times Um uh, over the years, but uh, it, it originally it was the work of uh, Chuck Workman, who did an awful lot of uh, uh, great uh, movie montages for the Academy Awards ceremonies and and things like that. And 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 I love it. But you take a look and you go, "This is a vast amount of room
1: here. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, this is a crazy amount of room." And there's a screen up there, but what else? Well, what would have happened is there would have been a, a divider in the room and the A-tram with the gangster would have gone on one side, and the B-tram with the cow person would have gone on the other side. And what would have happened is on the screen, you would have seen the big head of the Wizard of Oz, and he would have gone through that dialogue of, pay no attention to that man behind the curtain, and, and all of this, and the flames would go up and, and all of that. And then the lights would come up on either side, and coming out from behind the curtain would either be the gangster or it would be the cowgirl or cowboy coming out. And you would see on tiers all of the audio animatronic actors from uh, the uh, from the attraction. And In fact, if you get Alex Wright's book, uh, The Imagineering uh, Field Guide to uh, Disney Hollywood Studios, uh, take a look at the great movie ride and thank heavens, Alex, you put down right at the bottom, even though it's very small, there's concept art. So you can see John Wayne standing on a tier and, and all of these. And so basically it's like, and you were in the movie, and it was all just a movie, and they bow, and then you leave. And, and you know now that when you leave that theater with, with the movie screen up there, you notice you're seeing the, um, the back of uh, Flats. And all of that 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 that's to you know remind you that you were you were backstage you were backstage and you were in the movies, and it was all just a show and then you exit and go out and buy your Mickey Mouse ice cream. <laughs>
2: So I want to just quickly touch on the, the finale, right? And every time I hear the word finale, I keep thinking of Deathly from Muppets. going, Oh, how charming. Oh, finale. But I love the – because it's changed over the years, right? And, and I want to direct people over to uh, a website that my buddy Glenn Whalen put together. It's called prettygoodmovieride.com.
0: I love that site. I have been on that site. And Jim Corcus recommends it as well. This guy has done a wonderful job.
2: We give it two huge thumbs up because what Glenn has done in his abundance of free time was he has scene by scene, frame by frame, recreated all the incarnations of the Great Movie Ride finale. So you in, can,
0: in, including one that he created himself, right? That's right. right. Like, aren't so there, aren't the, there six there? Okay, go ahead. There are six,
2: right. So the first one is the 1989 version with all 126 films, right, in, in exactly how they are cut and laid out on the screen. So it's as if you're watching it on your computer as if you were there in 1989. The second one is the Pretty Good Movie Ride. So it's Glenn's version of his ending montage with the movies that he would like to have seen. Cause I think that we all watch and go, oh, how come they didn't include, you know, A, B, C, and D? He did the Magic of Disney animation uh, show, which uh, another, you know, we'll talk about that in, another day. Uh, the the pre show, he did the Great Movie rides, um, I think ten years later, the 1999 version, and then the 20th anniversary version. Mm-hmm. So um, it it's incredibly well done. You know, he spent an inordinate amount of time doing it. But yeah, it's a, nice a, to go a, back and a, see.
0: Kudos to him, and kudos for uh, for posting it so those of us can enjoy it. There's a lot of great stuff out there.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, and it's pretty good. movieride.com because there is no list. Like, you can't go to Disney. They, they won't give you a list of all the films, but you'll be able to – he was able to piece them all together. And it's a lot of fun to sort of go back and see what has changed. So, all right, Jim Corkus, you've just seen the finale and you walk out and you say, what's the film –
0: I the, thought you were going to say, you just saw the finale. What are you going to do next? I'm going to fly to Disneyland.
2: That's it. So No, Whoa! Well, what? They've added Chicago. They added Pirates. They added Nemo over time. We get that. What's the film that's not in the finale that needs to be in that montage?
0: Oh, gosh. I'd, I'd have to go back and, and really uh, uh, look at that. I'm, I'm sure there are... are Several as as soon as I refresh my memory, but but again, this is the the question for for the listeners there. And uh, as soon as you list some of those, I'm sure I'm going to slap my head like Homer <laughs> Simpson and go, "Oh, of course, I should have thought of that one."
2: Yeah, and it, you know, so let's sort of let's touch on the question about updating it, right? Mm-hmm. Because I think this is the one. Uh, those of us who are frequent Walt Disney World visitors say, "Come on, the attraction needs to be updated, right?"
0: Now, now, should you? Uh, update it or should you just demolish the entire thing because that's a huge footprint of land mm. not just the building itself but the area behind it so think of all the things that you could put there at at one time disney was thinking of doing a uh, villain's coaster there
2: right.
0: right you know um you know are there are there other things in in, in fact should uh, Disney Hollywood studios uh, celebrate the Hollywood that never was, or should they be celebrating the Hollywood that now is? My feeling is they should be celebrating the Hollywood that never was. You know, I, I like, I love movies from the 30s and, 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 and the 40s, and, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad that there's this recreation, and, and it, it's so respectful. That, that they've done, you know, in this whole front part of the park, but it's just falling away into the darkness, crumbling away into the darkness. But but is it time, you know? I, I, Lou, at the beginning uh, uh, of the uh, podcast last week, said, do we love it just because it's nostalgia? Well, you know?
2: and, and so if you update it, you know, let's sort of put budgetary and legal constraints aside. Do you maybe... You you leave the building there because it's iconic. It's like taking down the castle. You can't do it. You leave the Chinese theater there, but do you maybe change the type of attraction? Maybe it's not that same kind of ride-through. Maybe it's something different. What do you put in there?
0: Well, you put in a simulator, so you're riding along with John Wayne. Um, See, also, the the problem is, remember, it's not just, oh, yes, I'm going to put in this... uh, this great movie it's got to be i'm going to put in this great movie that people are still going to love 10 years from now or 20 years from now mm-hmm. right um because take a look things that they put in in uh, 1989 familiar to people you know the the whole bit and and here we're dealing with um you know uh what is it twenty, twenty-five years and uh some of those things are like dinosaurs, you know?
2: Right, right. And so I, I think that's the, the question that we keep coming back to. And I, and I do want the listeners to sort of play, you know, armchair Imagineers and say, okay, you've got unlimited budget. You've got any, anything, any movies that you want to work with.
0: Okay, I've got a suggestion. Maybe Great Movie Ride should be rethemed to nothing but Disney movies.
2: Does it, does it appear to be too self-serving at that? <laughs> Right now, because it, now long, it's no longer Disney. Listen, I, I'm, I'm paying 90 bucks to get in here and 14 <laughs> bucks for parking.
0: The place is called Disney. I should be able to go in and see Disney movies.
2: So you only want to see Disney movies. You know? The Condor, you want to make it the Condor Man black hole ride of the future. No, I'm, I'm talking Hayley Mills, Annette
0: Funicello, uh, uh, Johnny Depp. Everybody wants to see Johnny Depp for crying Obs- out loud. Here it goes:
2: the obscure Disney movie ride, Condor Man, The Wild. <laughs> <laughs> Movies you've probably never Black seen. Black Cauldron. Yeah, you, you could put all of those in there. So I want to uh, I want to task and challenge the uh, the creativity and the minds and the imagination of the listeners. What would you do with the great movie ride? You are not limited. You can change the attraction. You can demolish the building. You can update the films. You can update the scenes, whatever maybe. How would you change the great movie ride, keeping in mind, forget money, keeping in mind relevance, right? Mm-hmm. Continuing to keep it relevant, you're right, Jim. Not just five years from now, but ten years Thank from you. now.
0: And, and I, I would say keep in mind the uh, uh, spirit of Walt, which was he always wanted attractions the entire family could go on, so it it it's got to appeal to a uh, uh, a grandson as it does to a grandfather, you know. And uh, there are attractions at Disney that do that, like uh, uh, it's a small world. You know, I I would also say Pirates of the Caribbean is another uh, uh, example of that. So you know. Uh keep in mind not just that, you know, oh, I love this film and, you know, when I was in college I saw this and this was so cool. It's like appeal to the widest audience because that's what would keep it alive there.
2: Well, and maybe do you go back to some of those original Epcot concepts of uh, a little bit, you know, right now the attraction is all entertainment. Do you bring some education? Do you bring some edutainment into what the great movie ride 2.0 is going to be? Let us learn more about movie making. Well, whether it's the I, th- I think or-
0: there's edutainment in there now. What the heck is Footlight Parade? <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me Google let me this go- on my <laughs> iPad right now. What is Tarzan, what is, that doesn't look like anything. That's like- education. <laughs>
2: So I invite people to tweet me. I'm at Lumangello. Go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Lumangello or Facebook.com slash WWRadio. Come to the show notes over at ww Leave your comments there. I know Jim checks it and will comment there as well too. And while you're there, in the show notes, make sure you click on go to, follow, and buy Jim's books over at Amazon.com. Who's afraid of Song of the South? It's a rhetorical question and the revised vault of Walt for stories. You cannot get anywhere else from the master storyteller and historian. And I'm proud to say my good friend, Jim, I love having you come on the show. These are so much fun.
0: I I love being with you, Lou. and, 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 you're a very, very good friend too. As I keep telling your listeners, you are as genuine in real life as you are on this podcast. And yes, you, you youngins, you go out there and you buy those books because I've got a new book coming out Wait, in the fall. And it's got a special surprise for WDW radio listeners. I just hmm. confirmed that this afternoon. There's going to be a special surprise in my newest book coming this fall for WDW radio listeners. So uh, buy
2: the other books so you're prepared. <laughs> <laughs> and they make great gifts too. gift them. Them. Yeah, buy, yes. one, buy yeah, one for the yeah, shelf
0: yeah, give, give them to aliens <laughs>
2: give them to cow
0: persons uh you know they're, they're a wonderful gift absolutely Lou, thank you again so much please uh, uh anytime you want me on you know you just have to uh to give a call and if i'm in town i i will hustle right over buddy and uh, you ha- you enjoy your life in this hot hot florida summer
2: Absolutely, Jim Corcus, my friend. Thank you so very much. I'll see you next time at the movies. Favorite, com- what comedy would we put in there? What comedy? <laughs> uh, we need to make a buddy movie, the Jim Corcus Lou Mangello buddy movie. We could be in the Western scene. <laughs> we'll, get it, we'll just get in a car. We'll be like Thelma and Louise, and we'll do. <gasps> we'll drive from Orlando to California. and It'll be our adventure. It's time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week, where I invite you to test your knowledge of Walt Disney World trivia or history, see how well you pay attention to the details of what you see, or maybe even what you hear. If you think you know the answer, you can send in your entry for a chance to win a Disney prize package. But before we get to this week's question, let's go back, review last week's, and select our winner. So last week was part one of our tour through the Great Movie Ride, and I said that here the cast member takes you through the scenes as if you were on sort of a real backlot studio tour. Along the way, your guide tells you what his or her favorite of the many different genres you experience is. So your question last week was simple. Tell me that according to the script, what was your tour guide's favorite genre? Thanks again to the literally hundreds of you that sent in answers. Pretty much all of you got this one correct, because as you move from the Indiana Jones and the Temple of Anubis scene into the area with all the skeletons, your guide tells you, I see dead people. And the horror film is my favorite genre. And this week's winner, randomly selected from all the correct entries, is Jeff Collier. So Jeff, congratulations. I'll get your prize package out to you right away, which consists of all the audio tours, a luggage tag button, a Walt Disney World trivia book, and a mystery ticket. If you played last week and didn't win, I appreciate you entering, but don't worry, because here's your next opportunity to enter in this week's Walt Disney World Trivia Challenge. So let's stay in the great movie ride, and in the section that I said is really one of my favorites, which is the finale. I love the movie montage. Let's see how well you pay attention, because in the finale montage, there's only one movie clip. There's only one movie in which the title of the film is audibly mentioned by name. You see 100 plus films in there, but you only hear the name, the title, of one film clip that's in there. What is the name of that film that's mentioned by name? You have until Sunday, July 28th at 11.59pm to email your answer to contest at www.radio.com. You'll be playing for all the audio tours, a WW Radio luggage tag button, and a copy of Jim Corkus's book, The Revised, Vault of Walt. So again, tell me what's the one movie that's mentioned by name in the finale. Good luck, and have fun. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks again for taking the time and tuning in this and every week. In addition to the podcast, which you can subscribe to in iTunes, be sure and tune in every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern for our live WW Radio newscast, where you can watch, chat, and be part of the show. Also, be sure to visit the website over at www.radio.com for our blogs, new Disney in a Minute videos, and subscribe to our free email newsletter, you can also participate in our discussion forums and download the free WW Radio app for your iPhone or Android device. If you have a question you want answered on the show, you can email me at lou at or if you want to call the voicemail, be heard on the air, call 407-900-9391. You can also follow me on Twitter. I'm at Lou Mangiello. Subscribe to my profile on facebook.com slash lou or like the WW Radio page at facebook.com slash, you guessed it, WDW Radio. In addition to connecting with you online, I think nothing beats a handshake and a hug, and that's why we have a number of events in Walt Disney World and around the country, including our meet of the month. Our next one is going to be Saturday, July 27th. Join us for breakfast on the boardwalk from 9:30 to 11 a.m. at the Boardwalk Bakery. You can find out more information about this event and other events coming up, including our booth and live broadcast all 3 days from the D23 Expo floor, our cruise on the Disney Fantasy and other on the road events quick thanks to everybody who joined us in Alani. Just came back from a group trip out there and those who watched our live broadcast this past Wednesday night. Speaking of events, I just announced this past week details of our second annual WDW Radio e-ticket event weekend from October 4th through the 6th this year. We're going to have a series of fun unique events and we're going to kick things off with an opportunity for you to join us inside the movies. It's no coincidence that we just covered the Great Movie Ride the past two weeks on the show. Well, now you can join us for a private dinner and more and a few surprises inside the Great Movie Ride. We're going to travel into the movies for an exclusive private dinner inside the attraction. We're going to travel through the classic scenes, meet some of the characters along the way. We're going to dine in the Wild West and then stroll through some of the other scenes as well. Of course, you have to finish things off with dessert. It's going to be an evening of excitement surprises all within the magic of the movies tickets are going to go on sale this wednesday july 24th at 12 p.m eastern you can find out more information and order tickets by visiting the events page over at wdwradio.com tickets to the event are available on a first come first serve basis And if you're coming down to Walt Disney World for that weekend, don't forget it's also the International Food and Wine Festival, the Tower of Terror 10-Miler. We're going to have another event on Saturday as part of Food and Wine. And on Sunday, our first annual WDW Radio Mini Golf Tournament. We'll have more details about that coming soon. But if you're coming down... Mouse Fan Travel has specially discounted rooms available just for attendees. You can visit mousefantravel.com or get more information by visiting the events page. And again, if if you're coming down for this event or anytime to Disney World, Land, Adventures by Disney, a Disney Cruise, you can visit mousefantravel.com. Becky and her team of agents are the best at what they do. It's who I use, it's who I recommend, because they give you the best possible prices. All available discounts. Incredible service. All at no additional cost to you. I also want to quickly want to thank Celebrations Magazine. Listen, if you want some Disney magic delivered right to your mailbox or to your digital device, you can subscribe and order back issues over at celebrationspress.com. And as always, my friends, and you are my friends, whether we have met yet or not, all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Comment and share links to your favorite episodes on Twitter or Facebook. And please rate and review the show over on iTunes as well. Very helpful. Very much appreciated. And most importantly, I want to thank each and every one of you for the friendship and the support and for letting me share my love and passion for Disney with you in so many ways. I want you to do that same thing as well. I want you to do what you love each and every day, but focus on the journey, right? Not just the destination, not just the goal, because the happiness and the adventure is found not in finishing something, but in every step of the way in doing it and always keep moving forward thank you so very much again for listening have a great week everybody so until next time see ya
1: Hey lou this is robert raber from south plainfield new jersey long time listener multiple time caller it's the morning of july the 4th and i'm waiting to disembark the disney dream in port canaveral florida after my family's 4 night bohemian cruise wanted to report that everything on this cruise was excellent this is the first time we've been on a Disney cruise line vacation, and we're already making preparations to return in 2014. The service was excellent. The entertainment on board the boat is great. We had to see Monsters University and the Lone Ranger on this cruise. The food was outstanding. The aqueduct is very cool. I highly recommend the Cabana's Buffet to anyone coming aboard the ship in the future. I think the best part about the cruise. All the scheduled events They're just the right links To keep uh, you and your family entertained And they are going on all day long So you can really make your own schedule And be as busy as you want On board the ship As always, I had great tips and advice From my family Thanks to you and the guests On the WDW radio podcast Always helps to make our Disney vacation All it can be Of the information that you provide And I always give credit to my friend Lou Mangiello even though you and I have not yet actually met. We're now on our way after we get off the boat to go to Universal Studios for the rest of our vacation. Thanks again for your hard work. Much appreciated. Bye.